So much goodness in today's episode, friends. We're talking about strategic collaborations in your business, experiencing setbacks and failures, and how to reframe those to your benefit in your business, and so much more. If you've ever thought about jumping into a collaboration with someone, but the thought of rejection and failure is holding you back, this episode is for you. Today, I'm joined by Danielle Weeb. She's the founder of Business Babes Collective. She's a community builder, collaboration expert, and business strategist. She runs a global community and podcast to help female entrepreneurs. She has over 10 years of entrepreneurial experience in different industries, including health and wellness, conferences, digital marketing, and weddings. Danielle loves teaching women how to create strategic and profitable collaborations, which is what we're really leaning into in today's episode. She also loves to teach foundations of business and systems so that you don't have to work every single day of the week and you can still be successful, which we love here on the Call to Both podcast. You'll get to hear how Danielle faced setbacks and failures as she navigated an event-based business in 2020, which I know so many of you can relate to, and then how she, on top of that, grew her family in the midst of all of this with the birth of her daughter. You're going to hear the three key questions that you need to ask before you jump into a collaboration with anyone and how to actually take that first step towards pitching. Hello, and welcome to the Call to Both podcast. I'm your host, Joy Michelle, and you're in the right place if you're ready to grow your business while also being the intentional and present mom you want to be. This show will leave you feeling inspired, equipped with tangible tips, and encouraged to go after your own version of being called to both. Let's dive in. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to the show. I cannot wait to dive into today's topic about collaboration, dealing with rejection and failure, and how we can reframe this in our business, and just hear more about you and your story. So why don't we start there? I would love it if you could share a little bit about yourself and the business that you run. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. I'm so grateful to be here. So I run a community, global community called Business Babes Collective, and it's a community for female entrepreneurs, and it's based on this concept of collaboration and community. And so it really, it started almost eight years ago now, which is crazy to think back how young I was and just naive about all of the things that it took to kind of run a business. And I actually didn't think that when I started this community, it really started at the, as these pop-up events in my local city. So I live in Vancouver, Canada, and there wasn't really a community for like-minded women here. It was a lot of, I would go to these networking events as a young entrepreneur who was you know, trying to build my own business, and I always felt out of place. I always felt like I didn't belong. I was one of the only women in the room. I was usually the youngest in the room. And I also felt like I wasn't able to really be myself. I had to kind of pretend to know all the answers or do all the things. And, and so for, for me, I wanted to create a safe space uh, for someone like me. And so that's how it started. It really started as these pop-up events. And I didn't really think of it as starting a business. It was more so I want this for myself and I and I know that other people might want this too. So it snowballed into a business over the next you know year, year and a half. And we actually ended up expanding. So we had a chapter in Vancouver, we expanded to San Diego, and then we launched into five different chapters across North America over the next three years after that. And so 
um, when 2020 happened, it was this kind of pinnacle of, wow, we've been able to build all these different chapters. Things were kind of moving and it really felt like, wow, like everything that I've worked for is now coming to this kind of place where now I feel like things are running smoothly. I had a team. Mm. And then, of course, everything got flipped upside down, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to. And just the then making that decision of like, what am I going to do next? Like, what is next for me? And we had started to build some products and things online, but it was definitely in its infancy. So it wasn't enough to support the business. And so that was a really, really scary time for, yeah. for me. And and just it, it felt like, of course, we didn't know how long it was going to last. So it was just this sort of waiting game, but then also, okay, let's quickly figure out what to do. And so in that moment, I also realized because over the last, it had been at that point around five years, at that point, I realized, wow, I've really been kind of hustling. We did one, if not two events per month in Vancouver, plus we were doing events in other cities. And so it was just this like constant hustle of going, going, going. So that really allowed me to sort of step back and think, okay, what do I want my business to look like long term? Yeah. And so really looking back, it was a huge blessing in disguise. Of course, I didn't really see it that way for a while. And that same in the October of 2020, I also found out I was pregnant with our first. And so that was sort of the catalyst of, okay, I need to figure out what my business and life is going to look like going forward. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So many things that you said. I'm like, I feel like everyone can relate to that like forced halt of 2020 where life was like, nope, you're not going to have any certainty. You never actually had it, but you for sure know you don't now. And that is crazy. Like how did this affect your business revenue? Like whatever you're comfortable sharing, but like how did this affect things and where was your head at when this was going on? Yeah. Well, basically, I mean, 80% of our income was coming from events. And so that was gone overnight. And so it was scary because it was also like we had all these other chapters, right? And they were all forced to close as well. So we had chapter leaders in all these cities who I was training and, and kind of bringing up to like help them run these events on their own, but I was still kind of supporting them remotely. And so it, it, the other thing that was really challenging was that everyone was looking to me, like, what are we doing? Like, how are we moving forward? And so yeah. what we ended up doing is in the fall of 2020, we hosted this virtual conference. And it was in, yeah, it was in September. All of our chapter leaders got together. We all did this like huge collaborative event together online. And that was actually a huge success, like on paper. But also it was this realization when it ended of I just was so used to working at such a high capacity that I did not know how to slow down. Like even, like I said, when COVID happened, there was that like, okay, I need to, you know, reevaluate things. But then a few months later, it was like, okay, back to hustle mode because I need to make up for this income. So after that event, it was just this like, okay, I cannot continue to work this way because it's not sustainable long-term. And then, of Mm -mm. course, 
less than a month later, I found out I was pregnant. And so it was really like a huge, and, you know, obviously for for me, I had this, you know, nausea, exhaustion, like all of those things that just really took me out. Yep. And that was honestly probably one of the hardest moments for me. Because first of all, I didn't know what I was doing with my business. I didn't know what the future looked like. And I wasn't feeling myself. I was just I, – and I had never experienced it before because I had never been pregnant before. So I didn't really know you know, what, if this was normal, am I ever going to feel like myself again? It was just all these yeah. like crazy emotions yeah. and then realizing that my life was about to change in a really big way. And of course, we were so excited. But yeah. it was just this huge life change that I don't think I was fully like ready for at the time. Right. And you can't be, you don't know. I, my heart goes out to you so much, Danielle, because I was sick as a dog when I was pregnant with my daughter. And I just kept thinking like, okay, everyone's saying it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And then it wouldn't. And it was, you know, as a super ambitious woman that will just humble you because you want to do so much more than you can actually physically do. So I love that you shared this. And I think that 2020 coinciding with your pregnancy in the fall, between those two things, how did, you know, anticipating a growing family change this, okay, I think we need to pivot, we need to change and influence those decisions in your business moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a lot of discussions with people that I trusted, my husband, and just also just, you know, praying and just being like, I don't know what's next for me. And it was this kind of slow – it wasn't like this like epiphany right away. I think that's how we like expect it to happen. We're like, I'm just going to have this epiphany one day and I'm going to feel all this clarity. Um, But I think in order to get that clarity, we have to start taking action on things. And so for me, it was like, okay – what do I want my business to look like, you know, 10 years from now? And how could I potentially work backwards from there and start to do some of the things now that will allow me to get to where I want to go? And so one of the things that actually I had been wanting to do for a long time was to start a podcast. And that was something that was kind of on my bucket list. I actually wanted to start it and I was going to launch it in January of 2020. And it didn't end up happening because of just all the hustle of doing these events every month and all those kind of things. And so in that fall, I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna do this. Like this is gonna happen. So we launched the podcast and I actually also decided there was this program that we were running sort of in person. We had done it like once or twice online, but I'm like, okay, this is a course that I can actually create and and make like into a passive course. And that was our, that's our signature program now, Action Takers Club. And so that was like a huge process of creating that course, launching it for the first time. And then uh, we also have a mastermind. So it was like expanding that as well. And so I thought, okay, I want to build our foundation on things that don't require, you know, that, 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 if we have another shutdown or if something happens that's maybe out of my control. Because the other thing is events are – for anyone who is in the events industry, it is – and I think a lot of your listeners are, right? Because you have photographers, yeah. creatives, all of that. Like yeah. it can be very challenging if all of your um, income is wrapped up in the event itself just because there's a lot of unknowns. And for me, it was – you know, I – we – 
of course, very collaborative nature. So we would collaborate with all these different businesses and um, venues and all these kind of things. But there was a lot that could could go wrong and did go wrong all the time. So it was a very high stress business to run as well. And so I was like, how can I get a little bit more stability? So that was, you know, building up these things online that would sustain us so that we could bring back events once events were allowed again in a way that felt really good to us and that was sustainable long term. And so we actually did host our very first event this past May in person. And it was amazing. Like it was so much fun. And we got to plan it like really far in advance. Usually we were planning it like, three weeks to a month in advance and everything was just kind of like put together. And so we got that time and that sort of runway to be able to plan it and make it really special for our community. And we were able to do that because we now have a sustainable income that's actually online and it's a lot of it is recurring income. And so that has just been a huge blessing. And then of course, when my daughter was born, I was able to take time off with her and yeah, it just it all kind of came together and I I don't want to like I don't want to say that it was easy because it wasn't. Like it was yeah. it was hard to, you know, pivot that way and change things and there was a lot of times where I'm like, "Man, I just wish I could do what I know how to do." Like I just want to mm-hmm. do what I know I'm good at, what I know I can do and and that's events. And so it really took a lot of, you know, mindset work to be like, "Okay, but you can't right now." <laughs> <laughs> like talking to myself, you can't right now. So what can you do? What what skills do you have that you can actually pivot and change and do something different? So that's that's yeah. what we did. We yeah. built it up online and now we have events coming back, but it's in a much more sustainable way. Yeah, this is so powerful. And it it sounds like collaboration and community has always been such a pillar of your brand, regardless of where it's actually happening. And yeah. I know that for so many entrepreneurs they're either like team collaboration or they're hesitant around the whole concept because they have a hard time getting past the like, but these are my competitors. Nobody's going to want to work with me. How do I reach out to people? So kind of like moving into a little bit of the like collaboration talk, I would love to hear your thoughts around this and where your mindset is at when you're thinking about strategic collaboration in business. Yeah, absolutely. So I I totally get what you mean as well because I think when I was first getting started in business, you know, that was my mindset too because that's everything that you hear. You're like it's like crush your t- competition, how to like, you know, take over, blah blah blah. And so we're kind of fed this message of we can't connect or collaborate or build community with those that are our competitors. And I think that's just so too bad because also, especially as women, I think we have this natural instinct to want to connect and to want to collaborate with one another. But then we are taught to think that other women are our competition. So it's this very confusing kind of dynamic. Um, And so for me, you know, and, and it's taken like this time of really understanding like each one of us, no matter what we do, no matter what our skill set is, yes, some of us do very similar things, but we all do it in a very different way because we have different personalities, we have different skill sets. And so for me, I always think, okay, you know, other people are not my competition. If I can actually go out and connect with them and potentially collaborate with them, we can both be better 
for that. And so the reason I am so passionate about even the fact that you can you can actually collaborate with your competitors is because first of all, I think that we we think in this uh, scarcity mentality where there's not enough for everybody. And I think we need to shift our mindset into an abundance mentality in that there is more than enough for everyone. And the right people, the right clients that are meant to be with you, the right customers will find you. And especially if you're willing to collaborate with other people, because that's where the magic happens. That's where you can refer each other. That's where you can do things together. And maybe there's, you know, projects where someone needs two photographers and they're going to hire both of you, you know, like there's so many different options of why it is so powerful to collaborate. And so I just wanted to start with that. That's why I'm so passionate Mm -hmm. about it. But I know some people are really hesitant. So here's some questions that I would ask yourself if you're thinking of collaborating with someone. Because I do believe that, and that's why I say strategic collaborations. I don't think you need to collaborate with everyone and anyone, but there's a few questions that I usually ask myself and I teach other people. So first is, do you share values with this person? This one is really, really important. The way you do business, what kind of so for example, do your research, like go to their website, go to their Instagram. Do you resonate with what they're saying? Do you resonate with what they're posting? Are there things that that they're saying that are like really rubbing you the wrong way? Or you're like, oh, I don't really like the way that they're doing business here. So, you know, the values part is really important because at the end of the day, when you're collaborating with someone, especially if it's like a public collaboration where people know that you're cross-promoting each other you want their reputation is going to rub off on you and your reputation is going to rub off on them. And so it's really important that you share those values. And then number two is, can the collaboration be mutually beneficial? This one's really important because um, I think a lot of people maybe get a bad taste in their mouth about collaborations because they've had bad experiences in the past where maybe they felt like they were taken advantage of or they didn't get any benefit out of the collaboration, whatever that was. And so then they're like, they kind of write off collaborations. Like, I don't want to do them. They're not worth it, that sort of thing. And I think that's so too bad because of course, yes, you can have bad experiences and, you know, every relationship that you build is, is a risk at the end of the day. Like people are imperfect and they're going to let you down. But if you have proper boundaries in place as well, I think that is really what I always suggest for people is if you have really good boundaries, then it's going to be hard for people to actually take advantage of you. And so think about, can this collaboration, whatever this looks like, whether it's cross-promotion, whether we're featuring each other on our social media or other platforms, or maybe we're doing an event together or we're co-creating a product or whatever it is, like there's so many different ways you can collaborate. Can this be mutually beneficial for both of us? And that's where the communication comes in. It's really important, like being open Um, communicating what your expectations are, asking them what theirs are, and just being open with that in general. And then number three is, have you built trust with this person? Have you built any level of trust? So I think it can be really tempting to get into these collaborations or to meet someone and be like, oh my gosh, we should work together. And so I would say just slow it down a little bit, take a little bit of time again to do your research 
and to um, if they have content out there, that's a really easy way that you can start to build that trust because you can consume their content and you can actually see, does this person resonate with me? And like I said, with the first question, do we share values? And so building that up that trust, I think is important too. So those are the three things that I would suggest. But if all those check out, like go for it because you never know where those relationships can lead you. And I always think of, you know, if you're trying to just build your business on your own and you're relying on your own, you know, social media presence and all that to like help you get clients and build your build your reputation, build your network, it's going to be really difficult for you to scale because the way that we are able to grow is to get in front of new audiences and connect and collaborate and work together. So that's my biggest suggestion is if you feel like you've been burned <laughs> by a past collaboration, and trust me, I totally have too. Like it happens to everyone, but you just, you learn from that and then you move forward and and you, yeah. you take those lessons and you implement them into your future connections with people. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so good. So many things that you said were just so good. I want to go back to how you said women are naturally made for collaboration and relationship. And I think that this is a unique skill set that women have and they can excel at is finding ways to connect and truly cultivate relationships and make this mutually beneficial. I've seen this over and over again. And I just think it's something that we should embrace as women because I think we're really good at this if we embrace it. And then the other thing that you were saying is when you share values and vision with another woman, another business owner, and you can make that connection, it makes the collaboration easier and also more genuine. You don't have to like strain for ways to figure out how would this work. It's like all the ideas flow more easily. So this is great. This is huge. And then building trust. I love that you're like, hey, if they have a social media presence and you haven't you know, engaged at all or shared yeah. at all or commented at all, you've skipped a pivotal step before yeah. that pitch, before you reach out to see if they're open to a collaboration. So yeah. I love this. I, I feel like collaboration is so important, but it also comes with the ability to, to hear no. To hear like, it's not the right time or to just not get a response at all. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel like rejection and just hearing no falls into this conversation? Okay. This is so important because I think, yeah, we talk about this, you know, beautiful idea of collaboration and connection. So we're like, okay, great. I'm so excited. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to build connections. I'm going to pitch myself, all that kind of stuff. And then like you said, we don't hear back or we hear a no. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay, I guess no one wants to work with me. No one wants to collaborate. And so I always want to encourage people, we all get no's. We all get rejection. And in fact, the more rejection and the more failure you experience, the more success you're going to experience as well. And so it, it is just a part of business. And I think the faster you can get to that place where you embrace it and you understand that it has nothing to do with you, it has nothing to do with that person doesn't like me or doesn't want to work with me, whatever that is, it's just that it's mm-hmm. not the right fit. And maybe it's maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just not the right timing. The amount yeah. of times where I have thought like, oh, this person is, you know, they don't want to work with me and like they're not interested – 
whatever that is. And then I hear from them, you know, months down the line and they're like, hey, I was going through a really rough patch um, personally. And so I didn't respond to your email. I'm so sorry. Like, hey, let's pick this conversation up again. And so you just never know what's Mm. going on in someone else's life, whatever that is. And so assume the best. Just assume the best in every scenario. And it's okay to be rejected. It's okay to experience failure because we all do. And if you can switch your mindset into, okay, how can I actually go into this, whether you're going to pitch yourself for collaborations, whether you're going to pitch to be featured somewhere, let's say you want to get featured in a publication or something like that. Like you are going to, to, in order to get that, you're going to have to go through a lot of rejection and failure in order to make that happen. So just have those expectations up front. Like I'm going to get a hundred no's before I get a yes, whatever that is. And then you can be pleasantly surprised if someone says yes along the way. Um, But yeah, and you're going to learn so much too. That's the other thing is that like, you know, crafting a really good pitch as well. Like that's, I mean, that's a whole other topic, but you'll get better and better as you go as well. Um, Another thing we didn't get to talk about, but something I want to mention here when it comes to like pitching and all that kind of stuff is really making sure that you are making it more about the other person than you are about yourself. Yes. So because like, I don't know how many pitches that we've received that just are very like, th- first of all, they're not even using my name. My name is mm-hmm. in my email. Like, it's really not that mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're not using my name. I can clearly see that they've never researched our brand. They have no idea what I do. And they're pitching me something from their perspective on what they want and what they're interested in. And it just comes across really icky in a way. Mm -hmm. And so just that is like a big, big piece that I would recommend for anyone that is reaching out or pitching, make it about that other person, um, compliment them, you know, like you said, connect with them on social media, like comment on their stuff. If they have a podcast, review it and let Mm -hmm. them know that you love it and subscribe to their YouTube channel, whatever that might be. Like just give before you're expecting anything in return. And I think that's a really good kind of place to start. Yeah. Before you hit send on that email, think for just a minute of what it would feel like if you received it. Because I think sometimes when you're early in the pitching, you can't even imagine getting to a place where people are just going to cold DM you and pitch you and want to do things or send you products or be on your platform that you've worked years to cultivate. So try to just separate a little bit. I love what you said about detaching your emotion from their rejection because we have no idea the reasons behind, like, did it go to spam? Did they not see it? Did their VA completely misunderstand that they should not just file that away and they should respond? Like, we have no idea. And you're so right. There's so many times when people come back and then they say, I I never saw this or I am now in a place where I would love to collaborate with you. You're like, oh my gosh, I thought you hated me. So we we just project so much more meaning to a no than it needs to. And so I think in the same breath of being really great at collaborating, we also get in our own heads in that Mm -hmm. emotion about it. And so that is such a great reminder of just 
if you're not getting no's, if you're not receiving rejection, experiencing rejection in your business all the time, you're not doing enough. Yeah. You're not putting yourself out enough. You're not reaching out enough. And I, I find that like if I'm a little too comfortable, if things seem to be going too well, I'm sitting in like the safe harbor. And, yeah. you know, like the ship was meant to sail. It's not meant to sit in the harbor. And so that's just a great challenge and reminder to me. And I hope to our listeners too that like, we're going to hear no and almost anticipating it and being like, yes, okay, I've already gotten three people to say this isn't a fit. I'm three people closer to yes. a yes. I'm, yeah. you know, and like I've noticed this, like setting up stylized shoots, all about collaboration, For all sure. about getting people to see the mutual benefit. But you don't want someone to work with you that doesn't see the mutual benefit. So exactly, we have to be really, yeah, it's like, I don't want you there if you think that I'm, I'm using you because mm -hmm. I am contributing just as much mm -hmm. as you are. So we have to really strategically pitch well, but we also have to work with people and, and be okay with people saying no. It's actually a really good thing when they say no, because we all know what it's like to work with someone uh, when it it wasn't great. We saw a red flag. We probably shouldn't have said yes. And so I feel like if it's not a heck yes for you, even on the receiving end, yeah. don't say yes, because then you will go into it with this like begrudging attitude of, oh, I wish I didn't take this. And we all learn from those. Like I have mm -hmm. had my fair share of those in my nine years of business, and I'm sure you have too. And you learn so much from the, I mean, any, any failure will teach you so much more than a success, which is painful, but so helpful if you let it. I think it's, yes. if you're in a teachable place and you look at what you learned, because I know that I've been through so many different failures and sometimes it feels like, what was the point of that? That was embarrassing. That was such a letdown. I wasted this money, whatever it may be. And if you can come out of it saying like, did I learn something? Like, mm -hmm. do I have something that I can forever take forward into my business? Then it was worth it. And that's such a mindset thing. And that's so important. So I love that you shared this. And I know we don't have time to get into like the pitch, but yeah. is there anything else, any other like someone who's thinking, yes, this sounds great. I really do need to challenge myself to reach out more and be willing to be accepted or rejected, whatever the case may be. What's like a first next step? for yeah. somebody wanting to get into collaboration? Such a great question. And this is just like a really tactical, tangible answer is make a collaboration list. That is the first step, I think, because you – so I have uh, mine on a Google Doc and basically anytime – this is a running list all the time. Anytime I find or hear of or see another business owner or business specifically brand, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that brand or I love that person or I would love to one day be able to connect with them or build a relationship, collaborate, I will write them on my collaboration list and I will write all the information that I have about them them for what I have right then and there. Um, if I'm, say, for example, out and about and someone tells me about something like, oh, you should connect with this person, I'll just write their name there and then I'll do the research after. But if I have some time, I'm on my computer, I'll be like, hey, what's their Instagram handle? What's their website? Like, do they have any other platforms that I should know about? All of that kind of stuff because there's like steps to this, right? Like for, for me, it's like having that collaboration list and then the second step is is research. And a lot of people skip this step. And that's why their pitches aren't very good. <laughs> yep. They we don't tell. research. Um, so I highly recommend that would be my first step is make a collaboration list, start to do your research. And then once you kind of like are clear on, okay, these are the people that I really want to connect with, then you can start to craft your pitch. But don't 
just have like, oh, I'm going to pitch 100 people and it's I'm just going to find 100 random people to pitch. Like that is probably the worst thing you can do. And I think that's what most people do. They think, oh, I want to be on on podcasts, let's say. They will look up 100 podcasts and just go ahead and go pitch them. Um, mm. And that is not going to give you the type of success that you're looking for. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, I would say make your collaboration collaboration list first so that you can then go back and do your research after. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's such a tangible step that someone can take now and go forward. And that's this has all been gold. This has been so, so good. Okay. I would love to move into our rapid fire questions. So I will go ahead and start that if you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. What does called to both mean to you? Yeah, I love this. I I love I love your podcast, like called to both. It's so great because I think for me, I always knew that I wanted to be a mom and I also knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And luckily, I actually saw that with my own mom that she was able to do both. But there still was always this kind of feeling in the back of my mind and like, is this the right thing? Like, is this okay for me to want to be an entrepreneur, for me to want to be a mom, all that kind of stuff. And there's these, you know, societal pressures of what you think you should do or who you should be. You need to be this like perfect housewife kind of <laughs> person. And so I think for me, it's so encouraging to see other people doing it. And the fact that, yes, like you can be called to be a mom, but also want to pursue your own ambitions and passions and and do this crazy thing called entrepreneurship and do things differently. And um, honestly, I could not imagine myself doing anything else because it lights me up so much. And I love the fact that I can also choose my own schedule that I don't have to decide, okay, am I going to go back full-time to work or am I going to do this? I can just ease back into it however I feel is the best fit. And so for me in this season that my husband and I are in right now in building a family, it's it's been such a blessing. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's so good. That's real freedom. Yeah. Okay. What is one thing that has surprised you about motherhood? So I think for me, it's been how many things have actually come naturally when I, when I found out I was pregnant and when I first gave birth, it was like I was always on Google. I was like Googling everything. And it would just stress me out even more. And so I yeah. stopped and I and I was just like, okay, I'm going to really just like use more of my intuition on like mm. what I need to do, what's the next best step. And it's crazy how actually often you know what to do in those scenarios. And so it's – I think it's so cool that – I mean you think – you know, 100 years ago, they couldn't Google things. So why are we Googling every single thing? Trust me, I still use Google, but um, I'm doing it less. I'm doing it less than I was in like my first few months of motherhood. And it's worked out for me pretty well. Oh, I love that. Okay. I, I want to do a whole episode on cultivating intuition. And I just yeah. wrote that down as you were talking because this is powerful and you are right. And I love this for you. Okay. <laughs> What is one tool or tip that you can share that has helped you thrive in either your business or your motherhood or both? Oh, um, tool or tip. I think I can think of two things. I think, and they both have to do with community. (laughs) I think um, finding other people who are doing similar things that 
so that you don't feel as alone. So there's there's mm-hmm. that piece of it of like finding yeah. other women. So if you are a mom and you're an entrepreneur, finding other moms who are entrepreneurs too because there's something so beautiful about knowing that you're not on this journey alone and that you can connect and 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 collaborate with other yeah. people who are in the same stage of life as you because when you try to relate to people who maybe they are entrepreneurs but maybe they're not they don't have a family and so you're you're kind of almost comparing yourself in that way and that's just not fair because you have a different life and so if you can have that community you can talk about the struggles i think that's so key and then also the second one is like finding people around you whether that be friends or family members that can help support you and can just carry some of those things that you are currently carrying because it's really as much as I love doing both, there are really challenging moments. And so finding that support system and asking for help, you know, if it's if it's from a spouse or from a sister or friend, like I think that's really yeah. important too. And it's something that I'm still mm-hmm. trying to get better at is actually asking for the help when I need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so important. Like we are not trying to do everything by ourselves. Like, yeah. yes, we're trying to have it all, but not like by our own abilities, yeah, right? Like exactly. we need that community and we need the help. And that's such a great reminder. Okay. Last two questions. What is the last book you read or podcast you listened to? Okay. Um, last book I read, I think was maybe Dream Big by Bob Goff. I love that book. Um, and then the last podcast I listen to so I love podcasts. Okay, I think probably the last one was one by it's called Systemize Your Life by Chelsea Joe. And it's like systems. So it's all like systemizing everything in your life and with like motherhood and with um your business. So uh that was probably the last one that I did. And then the last question, what is something that you're excited about or looking forward to? Oh, I think. And this is just really general, but I think just continuing to like pursue this life that I'm pursuing now. And I feel like now that I'm in a really good place of I know what I'm focused on, like I'm focused on the podcast, I'm very heavily focused on collaborations and connections with other women and mostly online, bringing back events um, and doing that all while still being able to be present with my daughter and future children like i just that that gets me really excited i think it inspires me to to keep going cuz you know entrepreneurship isn't easy every day and so if i can just be like okay this is what i'm working towards and this is what i'm doing and being grateful too of like the little moments so yeah I don't know if that even yeah. answers your question, but no, wait, a hundred percent it does. Oh gosh, this has been so good, so good. I feel like there are so many gems throughout everything that you said. For anyone who wants to come follow you, listen to your podcast, or join your community, where can listeners find out more about you? Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, so my podcast is Business Babes Collective, so you can search that wherever you listen to podcasts. I do have a free workshop that you can get access to. It's at businessbabescollective.com slash workshop, and basically it kind of dives in a little bit deeper to collaborations and community and all those fun things. And then, yeah, on Instagram, my personal account is Danny Living Life, Danny with an I. So you can see just motherhood and business things over there. And then our business account is Business Babes Co. 
So that's all the places you can find me. Love it. Thank you so much. We're going to have all of this linked up in the show notes, but thank you. Thank you for your time and for your wisdom about collaboration. And this has just been so jam-packed with goodness. So thank you. Thank you so much, Joy. I'm so grateful to be on here today. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please help me get the word out about the Call to Both podcast by taking a screenshot of this episode right now and sharing it on your social media. I would also appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave me a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.